Welcome to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I am your host, Kristen Goodman. I am a certified life coach and a mother to three teens and a tween. Do you ever wonder if you're doing this whole mom thing right? Are you pushing too hard or not enough? What does it look like to love your teens yet keep firm boundaries? Did you know that you can do all of this without yelling and feeling frustrated? Here in this podcast, you'll find coaching and communication strategies to help you tackle all of your hardest parenting struggles. These strategies will help you parent with more confidence, peace, and influence. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's go. Hey everyone, I'm Kristen Goodman, and I'm excited to introduce to you our topic today, which is kids and screen time. And I'm not going to go into the dangers of social media or why our kids should be on screens less. This episode is going to be focused on why our kids want so much screen time. Let's take a look at why and let's try to understand it. And then we get to decide what we want to do about it. So when you understand the why behind your kid's behavior, you will be better equipped to figure out how to find solutions that you want to find. And so a lot of this information I've taken from the book Indistractable by Nir Eyal. I read it to help myself with my own problem of being distracted. You get on your phone and start scrolling. All of a sudden, 30 minutes have passed and you had other things to do. And so I do recommend this book if you want to want to get indistractable, but he talks a lot about kids and screen time, and I really enjoyed what he had to say. And so it wasn't so focused on the dangers of screen time and how phones are ruining our kids. I really don't like to talk about my kids and their behavior in a fear-based way because I don't feel like it does me any good. When I think about it in a fear-based way and I feel fearful and then I feel like I'm doing it wrong, what typically results is me yelling at my kids to put their phone away and then telling them, kind of berating them about what it is that they can't, they're not capable of putting it away. And it doesn't ever work. I don't feel like a good mom when I do that. And they don't feel like they want to put their phone away anymore. If anything, it makes them want to be on their phone more because they're mad at me. Right. And so my goal here is to find solutions that when you feel like a confident parent and you make decisions from that confident place, and then you give your kids trust to be able to manage the rules and the expectations and kind of let them figure it out. And they're going to make mistakes along the way, but through communication and loving support, you can, you can figure all of that out. And that's not to say that I like just this morning, I'm not joking. Just this morning, I'm taking my daughter to school and I just got so frustrated that she didn't look up from her phone when we saw someone we knew. And she says she did, but I didn't, but I didn't see it. And so all I saw was her head in her phone and that she didn't look up to acknowledge someone. And I got so irritated and I, I didn't do any of the things that I, I talk about on this podcast. And Obviously it didn't go well. Like my result was not a good result. So I listened to this, um, podcast again, or this audible, I have this book on audible. I listened to some of the pieces on audible again and another, and another podcast I was listening to. And I was like, oh man, I really, there's always a better way. And sometimes we just do it wrong and it's okay. And we don't even need to judge ourselves for it. We just need to look at the result. And if we don't like the result, then we get to choose to react differently and learn from it. I'm all about learning from it. So 
lest you feel like I just communicate perfectly with my kids. Let me just tell you, I am recording this podcast and I just this morning responded in a way that is opposite of everything that I teach. It happens. All right. And so let's get started. This book, Indistractable, Nir Eyal, N-I-R-E-Y-A-L, I think is how you spell his name. It's a really good book. And he gives three things to that our kids need to be emotionally healthy. And these three things are autonomy, which I talked about in my podcast last week, which is freedom of control over their choices. Our kids need to have the freedom to make their own choices. Of course, they have our guidance and we want to lead them and guide them in the direction that they need to be, but or want to be, we want them to be, but ultimately they get to make that choice, right? And I, I coach a lot of moms who they can see this and how it works in maybe their own family that they grew up in, how, okay, all of my siblings aren't exactly the same. We had the same parent, but yet we've made different choices. And it's not any, any fault of our parents, right? We had amazing parents. Um, or maybe you didn't have an amazing parent and you turned out really well because of it. You're so strong, but maybe you have siblings who weren't so, weren't so strong, or maybe they chose a different path, but you can see that. But then when you are raising your own family, it can be harder to see. And you want to hold on to this idea that you have control and that you're responsible for everything that your kids go through in life. I totally understand that. Okay. So autonomy, allowing your kids to have freedom over their choices. Um, the number two is competence. So when you feel competent in something, you feel like you can do it. You feel, you feel good. It feels good to feel competent, to feel like you understand something and that you're good enough. The third is relatedness. And the way he talks about relatedness is our kids need to feel important to others. And they also need to feel that, feel like others are important to them. And so as we talk about this, I will be going through each of those three things and how it relates to screen time for our kids and why maybe they want to be on their screens more than we would like. All right. So he mentions in the book, a study that was done about sugar. And I, I didn't know this, but I didn't know that this idea that sugar causes hyperactivity in kids is a myth and it's been debunked. It's not a thing. And so there was this study done and they had moms and kids and they gave the kids a placebo. So the moms thought the kids were having sugar and then they were able to watch their kids' behavior and they answered some questions and the moms thought the kids' behavior was attributed to the sugar that the child had. They thought they were more hyperactive, that they were behaving more wildly, and they attributed it to the sugar, but they were given no sugar. And so what the study concluded was that the only problem, the problem wasn't the sugar, the problem was that the mom thought that the sugar caused the hyperactivity in the child. So that's what the mom was looking for. And so it related that study to something I can understand, which is I think that my, the phone is the problem. And when my child is on their phone too much, they get distracted. They are less respectful. They don't look up and acknowledge people. Um, anyway, all of those things, and I'm noticing it and I'm focusing on it and I am feeling really frustrated about it. And so it's the same thing where 
is it really the phone that's causing that? Or are we just seeing it because we're so tied to this idea that phones are causing so many problems with our kids? It's something to think about. Um, another thing that he brought up was that there was another study and we can find these studies all over the place that the more your teens are on social media or on their phones, the more anxiety and depression that they have. And so this study of girls showed that this group of girls that were on social media more than five hours a day had a higher rate of anxiety and depression. And it makes sense. But what he says is, is it social media that's causing the anxiety and depression? Or does the child have some underlying reasons why they need to be on their phone for more than five hours? Is it the anxiety and depression causing them to be on their phone for more than five hours? Or is it the phone and being on the phone for more than five hours causing the anxiety and depression? And it's like the iceberg principle where you see an iceberg and the part that you can see is the small part. And that would be like the, the symptom, the being on the phone for five hours, or I've heard it said in some cases like pornography, like you have a, um, a child or someone who's looking at pornography and that's the symptom, but we make the symptom such a big deal when really underneath the layer, the surface of the water is the big root, the iceberg. And that part of the iceberg we don't see. And that part of the iceberg is what we need to take a look at that's causing the symptoms the wanting to view the pornography, the wanting to be on social media for hours and hours. And, and so that is the, that is the root cause. So finding the root cause is a lot trickier than just seeing the symptom and wanting to just change the symptom, take that away so that you can feel better and help your child where instead focusing on the root and really helping your child figure out what is really going on. Okay, and so just like our bodies need three macronutrients, we need protein, fat, and carbohydrates, our emotional health needs three things to flourish. And these were the three things I brought up earlier. Autonomy, the freedom to have control over your choices. Um, And so let's go into autonomy. So if you think about our kids, and especially in middle school and high school, think about how structured and restricted it is. They've got bells for each class. You know when you're late. There's a lot of rules. There's punishments. There's assignments and dates. You have to choose a certain, you have to take so many classes, right? And you can choose, you get a couple of electives to choose from, but you have to choose from a certain kind, right? So there's not a lot of individualized choices when it comes to middle school and high school. It's very structured. It's very restricted. It's very rule-based. And so our kids need for their autonomy to explore their interests. And if they don't, if that goes unfulfilled, where do you think they go to find it? What environment makes sense for a child or teen to want more of? Their online environment. Think about the online environment that they have created for themselves. They feel a tremendous amount of freedom online. They get to call who they want, talk to who they want. They get to choose what they watch. They can play creative games. They are in full control when they're on their device. So when their whole world feels very controlled, they can get on their phone and feel freedom. And so what happens when, as parents, we think our kids are on their devices too much 
what do we do? We give them more rules. We get stricter. And this backfires because it goes against what our children want, which is the autonomy. And, and it doesn't work. And so it, we can understand this need that's driving kids to a digital distraction. One of the ways that I like to manage my kids' screen time or talk to them about it in an autonomy-supported way is by saying, I've noticed that, insert whatever it is that you want to discuss with your child, and then say, what's up? So I'm noticing that you are on your device a lot or that you're in your room a lot. I'm noticing that your screen time is up. What's up? What's up with that? And then just let your child lead the discussion. So you don't have judgment. You don't have an agenda. You are just there to listen and communicate with your child. You don't have to find a solution right in that moment. That's not the goal. The goal is to connect with your child to figure out where they're at. Why do they want to be on their phones all the time? Why do they want to be in their room all the time? That's the goal. Find out, get your child talking. And when they start talking, keep them talking and notice what works. We want to just understand your child. That's the goal. All right. So if you think about number two, which is competence, and I want you to think about school, um, elementary school and the standardized tests that they have. And this has changed from even when I was in elementary school and I've talked to a lot of my kids, teachers who have said, you know, they can't really do a lot of the fun stuff that they used to do, all of the fluff stuff, because they have to teach to these tests. And the unfortunate thing with these tests is they don't allow for any differences. Our kids are so different and they develop at different times and standardized testing doesn't account for these differences. And so kids can begin to feel less competent because they don't measure up. And so I think of the book Mindset by Carol DeWick, where she talks about having a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. And what we want to foster in our children is a growth mindset. So if they don't do well on a test, we want them to, to know that they are capable and competent to put in the work that's needed to do well on the test. Not everything is going to come easy for them or for any of us. And what really stuck out to me, because I can think about my own children, and I have one who thinks, I have one child who thinks come naturally easy for her. But when it gets hard, it gets really hard. She's in that fixed mindset. You would not know this if you were just looking at her grades or her abilities. But now I have another child who things don't come as easily to her, but yet her growth mindset allows her to be determined and work hard and go after the goals that she wants. She's not fixed like, I have to do it this way, or it has to look like this. She has that growth mindset. She'll figure it out. And that's what we want for our kids because things won't always come easy for them. And she gave an example of a football player, star football player, comes really naturally, naturally talented. But the moment something got hard, they crumbled. And so even though we want our kids to have be naturally talented and get, get good grades and have things come easy for them, if they don't develop 
It's harder to develop a growth mindset when things always come easy, when you're always getting the A's without having to put in a lot of effort. And so if your child's in that space of struggle, foster that growth mindset in them so that when they really accomplish that goal that they've set, they will know, well, if I can accomplish that, then what else am I capable of doing? And foster that sense of competence. So if our kids don't feel competent, think about how the games and the apps are created to fill that void. You can get on a game, get all the prizes, get all the coins, and all of a sudden that void of competence from, for your emotional health is filled. It doesn't matter that it's not real. It doesn't matter that it's on an app. It's filled. And so I'm not saying that you should just let your kids do whatever they want because you got to fill that, that void But just notice that it makes sense if they are struggling in school and then they love this game, they're so good at it. It makes sense why they would wanna play it all the time, right? And these developers of these games and apps know this and so they can suck our kids right in. So it's important for us as parents to understand this so that we can be on top of it. Number three is relatedness. That's feeling important to others and that others are important to us. So spending time with friends has always been important to kids and teens. It helps them develop social skills. And so nowadays, it seems like teens spend more time developing these skills in virtual environments. Spontaneous play doesn't happen as much as it used to. And many children are restricted to play inside, so they can't play outside. And I can relate to this a little bit because... I feel like I like knowing where my kids are. I like knowing they're safe inside. And if they're outside and I can't see them, I, if I, uh, pre-coaching days, I'd be like, they could get hit by a car. They could get kidnapped. They could get lost. I won't know where they are. And so I like when they're inside, but I also know it is so important for kids to have free play, to be able to run around with their friends without an adult monitoring their every move. That feels a void in them. It's something something that they need. And there was this article and it's called The Decline of Play by Peter Gray. And he said, long before studies correlated screen time with rising rates and depression, Gray identified a much bigger trend that dated back over 60 years. And so he wrote, since about 1955, children free play has been declining, partially because adults have asserted control over children's activities. We have come to the conclusion that to protect kids from danger, we must deprive them of the very activity that makes them happiest. We place them in situations where they are continually directed and evaluated by adults, settings almost designed to produce anxiety and depression. And I thought that was so interesting. If your kids don't get that free play, I guess it's something you can think about is how much free play your kids get versus how much is structured. Even if it's sports and dance, they're still being monitored by an adult and they're not able to be just freely themselves with their friends. It's just an interesting idea to stop and think, do your kids get that? Um, And in many ways, connecting in digital environments can be very positive. I mean, the last year has shown us that a lot of good can come 
from the tech that we have. We've been able to connect even when we haven't been able to be in person. A child can be a child who is bullied at school can reach out for help from a supportive online friend. A kid who feels shy at school can become the hero among their gaming friends. What the data shows is that kids who aren't feeling relatedness, they don't feel connection with other friends. They may feel isolated or excluded in school. They are the ones that are going to be drawn more to media where they can find connection from other people and find other groups that they can identify with. So it can be both a good thing, but then also a bad thing. And it's something that as parents, we need to be aware of so we can monitor, but also give our kids the freedom the older they get to make those decisions for themselves. So if our kids aren't feel, getting their needs met, either by feeling competent, like they can make their own choices, or socially with friends and having free play, they will look for substitutes online. Which makes sense, because the more you aren't getting your needs satisfied in your life, the more you're going to get them satisfied in other ways. Sometimes it's in virtual realities. So the screen use is a symptom of a bigger issue. And it's easier to find a solution for that bigger issue than it is to just say the screen is the problem, to blame the phone and take that away. Phones aren't going anywhere, screens aren't going anywhere. So we have to figure out how to help our kids use them for their benefit. Set limits with your child, help them understand why they need less screen time. Explain the costs of too much tech use. And they will be willing to cooperate if you work with them. But one of the things, the most important things we can do is we need to be different around our own screen time. We need to model the behavior that we expect. That will help build the trust and help your child find the autonomy and the competence and the relatedness that they need outside of the screens. How can you focus on those things and help your child see that they need those things? How can they get those things outside of a screen? So then when they do need those things, so if, uh, for example, I give my kids free play, well, they're going to go right to their devices. And so maybe that's okay with me. And I say, okay, you can have your devices. This is your free time. You're not going to be monitored by an adult. Of course, I have restrictions on their devices and things, but they're not going to be monitored by an adult. And I'm just going to let them have that for their free play. Well then, okay, where do I need to take it away? Maybe it's before bedtime. Maybe it's during homework time. Where can I rein in that screen time so that they're allowed to have it in free time? in their free play if that's what they choose. So that's where you can really play with this idea and find solutions that work for you, that work for your child, and you can come together. We can't solve all of our kids' struggles, so of course they're gonna be there. Of course we're gonna get frustrated. It's just part of the parenting game, but we can try to understand it, and that's the key. Understand your child, understand where they're coming from, understand where your fears and your frustrations are coming from, because like I said, it's not the phone and it's not your child. In coaching, I teach that it's your thoughts about it that create your emotions. And that doesn't mean you need to think positively about it. It doesn't mean you just accept everything to make it okay so that you can feel good. Being an intentional, proactive parent doesn't always feel comfortable. 
So it's okay to feel uncomfortable. It's okay to let your kids be uncomfortable. That's not the goal, to feel good all the time. The goal is to be intentional and to be confident in the choices that you are making and know why you are making them. Everything you are doing right now, you are supposed to be doing. How do I know this? Because that's what you are doing. If you were supposed to do it different, you would do it different. If you wake up tomorrow and want to do it different, you can. But for today, this is how you are doing it. Accept that this is how you are supposed to be doing it. Don't judge yourself. Don't feel like you should be doing it any differently than you are. That's the part that's optional. The shame and the judgment is optional. So if you want more help with this, follow me on Instagram where I will post a lot of the stuff that I've talked about here. And you can always shoot me a DM and communicate with me that way. Thank you for being here. I so appreciate you listening. Leave a review if you would like. I am going to have a course coming up soon. And if you leave me a review and let me know, you will get this course for free. I'm going to be so happy to give it away to those who are listening and leave a review. All right, you guys have a great week. We'll talk at you later. Thanks for listening to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I am so grateful you're here. I'm excited to announce that my most requested training is available to you right now for free. Grab my how to avoid a power struggle with your teen over on my website, kristengoodmancoaching.com. Simply click on the here's how button and you'll be in. Interested in working with me one-on-one? I've got a four-week intro course to self-coaching that you won't want to miss. Find more info at kristengoodmancoaching.com forward slash self-coaching mastery. Thanks again for listening. Remember, you are the best parent for your teen. Talk to you soon.